Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I'm Greg McEwen, and I'm your host for the What's Essential podcast. I'm also the author of Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, and my goal is to decode exactly how to design a life that really matters, because if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. If you're new to the show, take a deep breath. Almost everything is trivial. Only a few things are essential, and that's what this show is all about. My job is to interview, get deep really with authors, entrepreneurs, psychologists, and everyday people to help explore what's essential. Through a process of listening, unpacking, and going deep with each guest, we turn each episode into practical advice for intentionally planning and living in order to move forward. If you don't do anything else, just ask what's essential and eliminate as much as possible everything else. Caroline, are you there? Yes. Hi, Greg. <laughs> it's so nice to be talking with you. How are you yes. and where are you? I'm good. I am in Beirut, Lebanon, in the Middle East. I see that you sent a photograph of yourself in the, how do you say it, the Lebanese... Shof Mountain? Yes, that's correct. Uh, it's a beautiful picture. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for emailing me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I am honored to be here. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you on the What's Essential podcast. And in your email to me, you said, I, I'm just going to read it. You said, I have the pleasure to write you from Beirut, Lebanon. I read your book a few years ago while I was on a visit to Montreal. Uh, I got one also as a gift for a friend and recommended it to my daughter who got the book as well and would like you to know that even in faraway devastated countries, your book is very much appreciated and helps us a lot. I keep it next to my bed and refer to it very often. I have a dream, a mission which I would like to see happen someday, working on it, but need the gut to go completely for it, as it is essential for me. Uh, thank you for the podcast, for your book, uh, and you wish me all the best. Now, I was really touched by you reaching out for two reasons. One, because of this description you have, um, you said, faraway devastated countries, uh, could you describe the current experience of living in Beirut? Yes, well, um, uh, recently uh, we had um, a problem economically. There was um, the banks stopped providing foreign currency, and also we had a, a big blast explosion at the, the Beirut port and destroyed a big part of Beirut. It was a, a shock to us, and there was many people killed here, many houses destroyed, and, you know, the situation is not well. Hmm. But we live in a beautiful country in nice weather, warm people, and uh, we love life here in Lebanon. Although 
economically and with the political situation, it's not the best. Everyone I've ever talked to from Lebanon uh, feels a real deep love for the place, something almost uh, eternal in the way people talk about the place, like it's living in some way, um, like you can feel this love has gone on for many generations, and it's contrasted by the current state of affairs. And that's even before this horrific, uh, massive explosion uh, that, that happened and all of the, the other economic and political challenges of the time. How have you coped with these challenges around you? Well, unfortunately, we are used to have challenges in the area. I lived the civil war that started in 1975 and lasted until 1991. So somehow we adapt, we adapt to uh, different situations. We adapt to ups and downs. And uh, we have a beautiful bond in, in the country among the people. So this bond helps us a lot to cope with, with difficult situations. You can feel there is a warmness, uh, there is love. I know there is also war and her and difficult situation, economic situation, but there is something that is attaching to this country. Otherwise, we would have left long time ago. Mm. What is that connection for you? First, it's family. We are attached uh, to the family, to the values of the family, meaning that you can have your parents living with you, for example. You can have your children staying with you until they are like 30 years old or whatever. So there is a lot of affection. And uh, there mm. is also the, the beautiful environment. You have the sea and the mountains that are very close to each other. So you can go swimming in April and then go skiing in in around an hour or so. <laughs> That's what they always say about California. And it's quite lovely to hear you describe the same, <laughs> the same value proposition uh, for, <laughs> for being there. You mentioned having a dream. Something that's essential for you. What what is that dream? Well, actually, it's um, I, I would like to open a place, a relaxing place, like a cafe, a, a nice, cozy, relaxing place, ideally by the beach, to welcome people, especially the younger generation, and assist them in blooming, living, growing up in a healthy body healthy mind, so that violence is replaced with peace, that hate is replaced with love, aggressivity with compassion, and build a beautiful life. Because if we put the will, it will happen. For you, this idea of the cafe is symbolic. It's really important. It's not just 
it's not just a cafe. It's it's a place for healing. It's uh, t- tell me more about why this matters so much to you. Well, I have lived uh, a difficult uh, experience more than ten years ago. I went through a surgery, which could have cost me my life, and I changed my lifestyle since then. Because I decided mm. to take my health in my own hands afterwards and under my own responsibility. It was a, a wake-up call for me. So I started some research. Your book helped me a lot in the way that I understood that, yes, I can do something. It's all about going through the path we choose. While reading the, the essentialism I moved forward. It helped me to to move forward, continue with my research. And that's when I found uh, another path, another way, another lifestyle. And I started it, which means I stopped all the the unhealthy foods that was uh, poisoning my life somewhere. I adopted a healthy lifestyle. Because I, I found out that it improves a lot the way of thinking, the actions we take, the decisions we make by changing our diet. How did essentialism help you to make progress in your research? Just specifically, what did that do? It helped me prioritize my life. It helped me to, to, to look for what, what is really essential, not what is the trend, not what people want you to do. And specifically, what did you say yes to? What did you say no to? I said yes to my health, to, to what really is healthy for me and what, what I feel that is uh, correct for me. I said no to people who were against the lifestyle I, I adopted. Hmm. Maybe they're obvious things, but what is it that you started doing in your healthy lifestyle uh, that other people at first weren't supportive of? Well, I stopped uh, eating all kinds of flour. And in Lebanon, it's very important that you eat bread. So uh, <laughs> somewhere... People, um, they said, you're crazy to, to stop this kind of food. So I, I went into the gluten-free diet. It was not very, very easy because people around me think that this is not the right, uh, the right decision to take for your health. It was culturally uh, not understood. This is crazy. This is not the way for health. But you, as you were doing research, felt it was really important, especially for you. Exactly. The Essentialism book gave me strength. Emotionally, it gave me strength. And I understand that, yes, we have to protect the asset, first of all. It gave you some courage for your convictions, some permission to pursue this, that you're not crazy to really take responsibility for your health. 
Exactly. So I continued in this path and um, I continued some researches. I educated myself. I uh, continue reading books about health. And um, I attended a conference in Marseille in France about alternative natural healing. And uh, slowly, day after day, I discovered that balancing between a healthy lifestyle, healthy, calm, and focused mind is essential to lead a good life and reach a state of complete well-being. I think you're describing a personal awakening. Uh, the discovery there's a different way to to live life there's a different lifestyle yes that's correct and what has it done for you i was more open to people i was um more focused in my work at home i could have more attention less angry i find more strength and I find out that if you search for an answer and you put your focus on it, the answer comes to you. And I could also help people around me who had some minor, um, minor issues. It was really essential to me to go through this. It sounds like what began with a wake-up call led to enlightenment. And now you've already seen how you're helping other people. And you really want to increase that. You want to create a place to do that on an ongoing basis. Yeah, that's correct. I feel that um, especially for the young generation, leading a, a healthy lifestyle can help them growing up in a healthy way and build uh, a better environment, a better life. So this is why I was thinking of opening this place because also with the, with the pandemic, with the, the difficult situation everywhere, it's important to have a place where we can relax, where we can chat openly, and I believe that if, if you have a, a good way of eating, it will help you to think better, to have a clearer vision. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. So whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point-of-sale system, whenever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. So sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. 
in my experience with every business that I have built, including this podcast, there are breakthrough moments, and those moments are often the result of finding the right partner. And I think that's a way to think about Shopify, because no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greg, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greg now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greg. Yes, the way that you're describing your vision is to help people start with what they physically consume, but to see the connection between that and their mind and their clarity and also their openness, as you said, in your own experience, your openness to other people, that what started as physical health really is so connected to emotional health, social health. And, and this is a key part of your vision for starting this cafe? Yes. Do you have a name for the cafe? We are uh, French educated, most of us. So I have chosen to, to name it in French. Viens te relaxer. Mm. VTR. And it means come and relax. Yeah, it's, um, it's beautiful. And what, are you already committed to doing this actively? I am, I've already begun or are you hesitant to go for it? Uh, where are you at on this journey? Well, I, I could not find the the right place, but I have started the the preparation, like like uh, preparing some um, some foods and have them in uh, organic uh, shops, but not yet the, the the place. Are you hesitant about it? Is it just a matter of time? Is there a wrestle that you're going through or are you already committed? I am hesitant because of, um, of the current situation in the country that does not hmm. help you much to do any new investment. Yeah, right now you're trying to think of starting a venture in a time of political, economic, and now, because of the epidemic, physical dislocation. Exactly. So one person could say, well, don't even bother. Why are you even thinking about this? It's crazy. And your response to that would be what? We have to do something crazy. Otherwise, if you don't go forward, you will go backward. When you say that, it feels like um, a leadership impulse where something deeper inside of you is saying, I will not accept this. I must do something. I don't want to see just like crying on, on what is happening. Instead, we can do something. We, we can move forward as we have always done. It's uh, the pandemic will, will go away someday. The economic situation will improve someday. And we have to find a strength also to, 
to do something for for the people and uh, for our community, uh, help the young generation. Most of them are leaving the country. Uh, so if you have a bond here, if you have uh, something to come to, then you might stay. One of the foundational principles of positive psychology is you can focus on what you can control or you can try to focus on what you can't control. And depending on that choice, uh, many things change. It just sounds like what you're doing is really focusing what I can do. Uh, I can't do anything about all of these things. I can do something. But it's also, a, I sense in you a quite a fierce will to say, you know, I, I will do this. I will not do nothing. Yeah, that's right. I am still uh, looking for, for a nice place. I'm still hoping that, that I will find it and I, I can, can open this place and uh, enjoy gathering with other people and do what I have to do. You have a vision of what you want it to be. And now one of the main obstacles is where to do it. Where to do it and and also there there is a part of the of the economic situation, of course, that I hope it will be solved soon. Yeah, because this is such an immense problem. You're worried that you could do everything right and still not overcome that problem. You could put yourself into a worse economic position. I hope it will be it will get better and we can achieve what uh, me and other people here uh, are, are want to achieve. One of the things that I think about is as soon as a person has a vision, as soon as they know what their intent is, in the very moment of wanting it, it seems like a whole flow of obstacles come to your mind. Uh, all the problems all the reasons it will be difficult, all the challenges involved. And sometimes those challenges and obstacles feel overwhelming. Often they feel overwhelming. But something I have learned that's so important is that all of those obstacles that flow to our mind are really our, they are gifts they are our brain telling us all the things we need to solve in order to achieve our dream. All the obstacles come into existence the moment we have a vision of how something could be. And so what I've learned is to, is to take advantage of that in the following way. Write down every single obstacle, every problem in a long list, in a column. And in the next column, think about every single obstacle and how to solve it. And it sounds like 
a pretty simple idea, but I have found it really helpful. Way of one, discovering and remembering that all of the obstacles are really like stepping stones. They are helpful. They give us information. Well, here's, it's like the, it's the first half of the plan for achieving your goal. And then if you make the list according to each problem, you know, literally on a piece of paper, now you have basically the plan. It doesn't take very long. It's a quick way to create a plan to achieve a goal. And the minute I, I had this, uh, this dream, this idea of opening this place, uh, exactly, I, I had a lot of problems in my head. And I was overwhelmed with, uh, with all the issues. And I don't know how to solve them all. Uh, efficient what you are saying to me the first breakthrough is just to embrace all the problems that come to our mind as a good thing it's sometimes we think oh i must be being pessimistic or maybe uh, just just oh look at all these it's it's like all those problems that come to your mind are your enemies in achieving your dream but they're not these These are your friends. They're saying, okay, here are all of the things you'll need to now address. Then to take each problem one by one, there may be problems, of course. It is possible. There are problems that just are insurmountable. It is possible, of course. But if you can take them one by one outside of your head, so you're dealing with it on paper, I find that solutions do come. And it's much better than trying to handle it all in your brain. The, the recent research suggests we can only hold two, three, four, five things in our mind at the same time. We can't even hold much information present. And so as soon as you're trying to achieve a, a goal and a dream with, of course, then many problems to address it, we're overloaded. And so just the simple process of write out all the problems and against every problem, you say, okay, what, what do I need to do? How could I solve this? Who could help me solve this? That reminds me when you said that uh, uh, to have a diary, like every night before you go to bed to write down some some ideas of the day, which I, I am already doing then. And, and, and I started it like a few sentences, a few ideas. Mm. But to tell you the truth, I don't have time to do it every night. So I'm doing it um, as, as often as I can. But it mm -hmm. does help because if you want to... To see something that happened last week, then you can go back instead of going back in your mind and having your mind overwhelmed. Then you go to this diary and you can read it and, and see how you can improve, for example, what you did last week. I had on the podcast uh, David Allen, um, and one of the things that he says, I love this quote, is that your mind is good for a lot of things, but it's a very poor office. 
Yeah. So getting it out of our heads onto paper, it doesn't feel like a dramatic thing. You know, putting it in paper doesn't mean you suddenly have the cafe, of course, but it is an act of creation. And to me, the process of writing things down is an important part of a first or spiritual creation. And then we use that process to help us solve key problems. I would encourage you to bring a, a journal with you everywhere. Just your one book. Worry less about, oh, I have to write in it every day, but just have it with you. Uh, so that when the ideas come, whether the ideas are more problems or solutions to problems, you just can get them out of your mind and, and on paper. As you make this long list of problems to solve, what you're also doing as you then take each problem one by one is creating advanced search engine where you set your mind the task solve this problem of course one of the problems where do i where do i do this well that's one problem and your mind is now constantly working on that in the background and whenever it comes across information that could help solve that it will come to you there's something else that seems to happen in my own experience when I get really focused and serious about achieving something. Um, hold the intent clearly, especially when I'm humble about it and admit that I can't do it on my own. People turn up. Opportunities find their way to me. And it's part of this process, I think, of admitting the problems, not fighting them, not pretending it's easier than it is, then trying to solve each one, admitting when you don't have the answer, and other people and resources suddenly turn up. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, that's right, because sometimes you don't have an answer to everything, especially now nowadays, you you don't have an answer to to all the problems. There are a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of problems that you cannot control. That is uh, that that can happen, and you, you don't have the tool to to do anything about it. But uh, writing down like you are saying, and what I did and um, what you mentioned in your book is to plan for the week ahead. Like during the weekend, you plan your week so you don't have to, to be uh, squeezed every day to know what you have to do. So when there is a problem that arises, Somewhere you can, you can handle the problem in a way because you have already planned 
the other things to do. Mm -hmm. You've created enough space that whatever new problem comes along, you have enough space to absorb that unexpected issue. You have enough buffer. Yeah. How can I be most useful to you in this conversation? You are already useful because <laughs> you permitted to me to have this podcast <laughs> and to speak for the first time about this dream I have. I was um, like keeping it to myself. <laughs> and this is the first time I, I'm talking about it. Hmm. And that helped me a lot. Like uh, part of it is hmm. realized when you speak about your dream, about what you like to do. I feel like, uh, yeah, I can do it. And, uh, <laughs> and with your advices, I will, uh, I wrote it down and I hope I can overcome the problems. I think you said something powerful, which is that speaking, just putting something into words, putting it out there is also an act of creation. I think a lot of times when people say, well, you have to take action in order to make something happen. They're not wrong. When people say that, they're not wrong. But sometimes we don't realize how powerful writing things down and speaking them out loud are. Words have power, not just to describe the past, but to create the future. I, I believe that deeply, that words have a creative force about them. It's one reason we have to be, I think, so careful about the words we use. To not use our creative words to create distrust, to create hopelessness, to create contention. Our words can create those things almost immediately within ourselves and within other people. And for me, listening to you today, there's a lot of hope in your words, and they have power. They cause hope in me that you are, hold this intention inside of you, and now you're expressing that intention outside of you. To hope amidst hopelessness is really important. It's really profound. And, and I'm touched by it. Thank you. It's really important to me. We had this talk. I was looking forward to it since uh, quite some times. And it was like, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to talk to Greg today. And uh, I felt happiness, I felt the joy, and uh, it really means a lot to me, Greg. It really means a lot. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your advices.
how could someone listening to this today who wanted to help, who wanted to support you, how would they do that? Well, first by encouraging me to 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 continue to to do it to uh, to have this dream realized supporting the idea trusting that it would lead to to a positive thing yes it it will it will help people that it will be a nice place people they need they need such a place they are allowed to to come in a place and to relax not only to listen to news to politics to um to what is happening worldwide and the support of the people emotionally by their presence by listening by believing that this is a good thing it would be helpful uh, i would like also to find the nice place i found some places but some spots but like it um, it was not really what i'm looking for so i don't want just to jump on any any occasion i want to find the right place that that is uh, that is looking for me <laughs> yeah and that's a, a lovely way of putting that a place that's trying to find you and people who are trying to find you. Yeah. <laughs> I've always believed that each of us has a unique mission in life to make a contribution. But what I have learned slower is that some people have a mission in their life to help you. You know, and it makes sense because if I have a mission to help other people, then there must be other people out there whose mission is to help me in my life and in my dreams and goals. And it's the same for you and yours. And as you speak this dream and vision into existence, as you share it with me today, as you share it with everybody else that's listening, as you keep talking about it with people around you, people will be attracted to that. And you won't be so alone. So what you've done to today has been an important step. And just think, if you hadn't put into words <laughs> this, that there even was a dream, if you hadn't sent that to me, we wouldn't have the conversation and we wouldn't be able to share it now with other people more broadly. And so maybe it doesn't sound so profound, uh, but I think it's a really important uh, part of this journey that you're on. Yes, you, you are right. Well, actually, every time I... I read um, a paragraph or um, or a chapter of your book, and then I go into the life of every day. I find something in what you said during the day that goes back to what you, to what you said 
if you think about it, you will find it in your everyday. And I do a lot of meditation, so so then I meditate about what I read, what happened during the day. Well, it's inspiring to me to know that in Lebanon, in Beirut, in the middle of all that's going on, uh, you are breathing life into essentialism, and essentialism is playing this um, modest role, uh, but a helpful role uh, in in your journey too. One of my favorite ideas is that a book is not an entirely dead thing, but it still needs the reader to bring their life to it and to engage with the ideas and to make them real. And you're doing that. And I'm very grateful for that. And I don't know if it's of interest to you, but um, the the book is not available to other people yet, but I have just finished a new book. And if you're interested, I will uh, just give you access to that um, so that perhaps these new ideas can also help you um, in your journey. The book is called, is called Effortless, um, Make It Easy to Do What Matters. And it's devoted to a single principle, which is that getting great results uh, doesn't have to be so hard all the time. And I feel like in some ways it was like written for you because it's not trying to argue that everything in life can be easy, but it's saying that there are ways of thinking and acting that can make impossible things possible and remove some of these burdens that make things harder than they have to be. And so if you're interested, I will make sure that you get access to that. Yes, yes. I am, I am looking forward for your new book because I, I heard you talking about it uh, before. So, Well, I'll just get you access to it uh, ahead of time in hopefully continuing the help in you bringing about your dream because it matters and to understand why it matters to you. Um, and it's to, it's to do good in the worst of times. Uh, and to hope them in the most calamitous. It's been such a pleasure, such an honor to have you on the show today. I hope we will stay in touch. Thank you for sharing your essential dream and your journey to making it possible. Thank you, Greg. It was a pleasure talking to you. I am deeply honored to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, essentialists, one and all, we've come to that moment again, the end of the show. Thank you really sincerely for listening. It's been amazing to see what's happened already with this show. The show has become, in fact, the top 3% of podcasts globally within just the first five months of its launch. And that's because of you. You have made this special. And I want to end, as I always do, reminding you that if you don't do anything else, just ask what's essential and eliminate as much as possible everything else. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, 
and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.